Welcome to the Bear Hug Club, a pro wrestling podcast of positivity. Everybody, it's Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. GMT, which means it's time for Wednesday Night Paw. Uh, thank you for joining us if you're watching live. If you're listening to the repeat on the edited version of the pod, welcome as well. Uh, Greg here once again, joined by Garrett and Scott. How's it going, my boys? Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was talking to you guys. Evil one, it's fine. <laughs> I'm a gentleman, uh, so I let I let Scott yeah, go first. Of course, and it's, it is very much appreciated. Yes, I'm doing absolutely fine, but as previously discussed, um, the the pollen is on a million and one handicap match inside a steel cage that is my nose uh, tonight. So uh, yeah, I'm getting uh, yeah I'm getting brutalized by uh, plants, not even themselves, just. Well, you see, boys, I've you know I'm not gonna job out some pollen particles myself, uh, so I'm just genetically superior in every way, and I don't have the sniffles anymore. I'm all good. A plant isn't gonna keep me down, and neither will uh, a world-ending virus. Well, it's just built different. I'm just built different. I'm just. <laughs> this is just how Nazi Germany started. Look, if <laughs> if I was if I was at the screw job, it just wouldn't have happened. All right. <laughs> I I I do have uh, some momentous news, and it's been Ooh. a long time. It's been a long time coming. Uh, a kind of re- a kind of reoccurring storyline on this podcast. My three boxes of beer. Um, that I was I was promising to get through uh, in a in a very short amount of time. Uh, uh, in front of me, well, not in front of me as in to my right, are the last three beers from those three boxes. Uh, it's taken me time, and I thought, when when is a better time to finish off those beer those beers than right here with my two pals? On an average Wednesday, where nothing much is going on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Com- a complete non-event. <laughs> well, the game was yesterday, and it was in a yeah, pub. And, but there's, yeah. it's the it's the Euros. There's football on every day, right? Yeah, and it and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah and Wednesday night poor doesn't happen every day. So it only yeah, happens on we Wednesdays. So I'm told exactly, and occasionally Thursdays. Word, yeah, word is those are the days to watch out for. Anyway cracking on with this week's episode. So last month, uh, AW ran their Double or Nothing pay-per-view, and that marks two years, pretty much, since the company basically started. That was their, their first event was Double or Nothing. Um, and we thought we'd just have a look back through it. You know, we'll look at, like, the last two years, see what we've enjoyed about it, what we don't like about it, and obviously keep a keen eye on the future. Because I think the, the cool thing is about being a wrestling fan is we're in such a unique position that we've seen a company like this 
spring up. Whereas like 10 years ago, if you said there'd be a rival for WWE, you just wouldn't think it. And the fact that in two years, they're already on a pretty decent like level. I mean, as we'll see, there's a few things that Slunny's working on. But yeah, what, what, have, what have you guys general thoughts about seeing this company go from essentially nothing to like where it is now? Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because uh, uh, like you said, like we couldn't have pictured this happening years ago. It was, it, it, of course, we've had we've had stuff like this before. We've had TNA. We had a brief rise in New Japan where it started to look like that was like the alternative because that's when a lot of the uh, 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 Bullet Club stuff started and the Elite stuff started coming to fruition. And when they were like, well, I guess when All In was announced, I was I was thinking like if something like AEW would be a possibility. Um, and then it's a snowball effect. It's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And it doesn't show signs <laughs> of letting up. They're still no. making, for the most part, like 85% the right the right decisions, which is more than I can say for WWE. And, yeah. at, at, the, and at the end of the day, uh, we're just getting some really nice entertainment. And that's that's what matters to me the most. And we get into nice entertainment, we, and it looks like people are enjoying themselves over there, which is also very nice to see. Yeah, I hundred percent agree, uh, Garrett. What about I you? think it's um, I've ne in my lifetime, really, since I, I'm only twenty four, I I haven't seen a competitor to WWE, and I never really thought there would be one. Mm -hmm. um, but to see, uh, you know, them be scared enough to move their TV show to a Wednesday just to compete and to do all of this kind of kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's bizarre and it's wonderful in a, in a capitalist billionaire versus billionaire way. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well said, well, we'll just kind of crack into it then. And we'll kind of go, uh, Scott already teased a little bit there about like sort of the origins of where it came from. So, a lot of the groundwork for AW can sort of be traced back to around 2017. Uh, in particular, Dave Meltzer sort of made this comment that smaller promotions, namely Ring of Honor, would, could not sell out a 10,000-seat venue. Uh, Ring of Honor stars and close friends at the time, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, kind of answered that call by saying they were going to run the all-in event, which was featuring talent from Ring of Honor as well as from a few other promotions. They basically made Meltzer eat his word because it sold out in 30 minutes and it was attended by over 11,000 people, becoming the largest attendance for a professional wrestling wrestling show held and organized by promoters that have no affiliation with WWE or WCW since 1993. So I got a poster up there. So that was the event they run. Um, speaking for myself, I haven't actually seen the all-in show. Um, obviously, I heard a lot about it and watched a lot of publicity <clears> and stuff afterwards. Uh, have you guys seen the show before? And when you saw it, did you, looking back now, did you see a lot of the hallmarks that would kind of later make up AEW? Obviously, kind of barring the talent involved, there's a lot of them are involved with it now. I, I, yeah, I watched it day one and I was very excited for it. Um, I think, I think it embodies quite a, that punk attitude that, um, I mean, you say punk, it's a, it can be a bit of a, a marked word in, in wrestling, but punk as in more, you know, punk pro wrestling. Like DIY, uh, do it yourself mentality kind of. Punk. Sure. Oh, just sure. An anti, an anti culture. Yeah. Um, and the wrestling on it 
is is about what you get now but you can really you do really see the the hallmarks of what they were doing in the indies <clears throat> before you know moving on to AEW because AEW is i mean you you can call it a, a marquee show you can call it a spot fest and spot monkeys but it is a lot more toned down than what they were doing um but no it was it was a really enjoyable show it was the, i think one of the reasons it was like that is because it was 10,000 well, 11,000 people just rabid to see it succeed. Um, I don't know. The old adage is you don't need a million followers or, or just a million friends or whatever. You need like 1,000 people who will support you no matter what. Mm. Um, and that was 11,000 people plus thousands more at home. Uh, yeah that about just 50, want this to succeed yeah about fifty thousand pay-per-view buys or something i think it got yeah. might be more yeah which is pretty insane for what is essentially you're right like a big level indie yeah show, i mean essentially uh, that many pay-per-view buys is not that many people it's more than that many people mm. i'm pretty i can't remember if we watched all in as a as a group i don't think I... we did in the end i think we watched it separately because wasn't it itv though it was like a pay-per-view on the itv streaming service or something along those lines i think no itv it was on fight this was definitely on fight itv started picking up aw's pay-per-views right that's it that's it my apologies um but yeah like it very much uh, in a in like a production aspect it's like they it's it's like they were very much like let's do it let what could possibly go wrong because it, it did it did overshoot uh, <laughs> and, and the main event ended up having to get cut short and everything oh, they they cut it down from like 20 minutes to like seven and yeah they literally like rang the bell and then they were like okay everyone ring shot uh, arms raised end of show because they yeah. were like wow. literally on the wire but you had I mean, you you had the Young Bucks and you had Rey Mysterio in that match. Uh, it, was a, it was a six man, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it, 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 you could tell it was meant to be paced, but then they were like, "Okay, we got, we just got to do all the big spots like straight away." <laughs> and so it was just like, and ring the bell, flip, 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 flip. Great, like amazing spots. Don't get me wrong, like. It was like an explosion of a match, but yeah, like it very, like I said, like I was saying, very much on the, in like a production aspect. Um, they were like, "Let's just do it," and that's a very, that's a very good mentality. And of course, that's like the exact mindset that births brilliant things, generally speaking, in life. So uh, of course, it then it, it then birthed AEW, and with a, a lot of wrestling on this show, all in, you can kind of see like in a creative aspect what a what like seeds were planted for the for the aew plant so to speak to start growing and releasing pollen and killing me um <laughs> yeah like um i hate i hate to use this as, a, as, a, as an example because the wrestler in question's a uh uh almost a, an unspeakable name but my what i will say is uh, all i'll say is dick druids um what was that was that i thought the whole intro that that was oh, okay yes. okay uh but like like that, that was, was what after the janella page was it janella page yeah yeah i believe so was it yeah no um 
and uh, they, had the cra- but, they had the Cracker Barrel match with the it was yeah. sponsored by Cracker Barrel. Sponsored by Cracker Barrel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Chicago Street Fight. Sorry, uh, it was because uh, oh yeah, no, this was in Chicago, and there was a lot of there was a lot of steam right at the time where everyone was like, CM Punk's going to be there. This is like the perfect oh, time yeah, to see yeah, him yeah. be back. Yeah. There was like all that buzz, and then he turned up for uh, was it the WWE talk show on Fox? Um, yeah. Uh, so just when you think you do, you change the culture. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one, buddy. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. One of my favorites of all time. My, he's all four faces on my Mount Rushmore. But you didn't change the culture. Yeah. You, you no. went. You went on uh, AMC's Talking Dead. You know. Yeah. He's like, I'm. I'm here to change the culture. And like, really, he was just doing what he's been doing on Twitter for years, just completely <laughs> bashing the product. Except he gets paid, and WWE can't do anything to stop him. Yeah, yeah, he barely, he barely, I mean, he barely even bashed it either. Yeah, yeah. Maybe call. He, he was one of the few people calling out on a chip, but yeah, I, I get, I get your point. Anyway, so yeah, all in was an acclaimed event, uh, leading to speculation on what Cody and the books may do as a follow-up. Uh, many kind of speculated they would just run another event, <laughs> but all that sort of changed following November 2018. At the time, several trademarks were filed revolving around the name All Elite Wrestling. So that obviously led people to speculate, all right, so they're going to be starting up a new promotion. And this was confirmed on January 2nd, 2019, with Cody and the books being signed not only as talent, but as co-executive vice presidents. And entrepreneur and longtime wrestling fan Tony Khan announced as president of the company. Tony, along with his father, uh, is it Shahid? Shahid? Is that how you say that? I think it's just Shahid. Shahid, okay. Uh, would be back in the venture as lead investors. Uh, the Khan family are, inc- of course, incredibly wealthy with like a network in the billions of dollars. And they've obviously got previous with sports as the own Fulham Football Club and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they announced that AW's first event was going to be called Double or Nothing. And over the coming months, talent was signed to the promotion, including a lot of big names from the indies, such as So Callum Censored, Hangman Adam Page, and Britt Baker. But they also managed to sign some pretty big former names linked with WWE, which obviously included Chris Jericho, Pac, and Jim Ross. So, what were your kind of thoughts on the names that they signed when it was first announced? Did they kind of immediately set themselves out as being quite an equal opportunities place? Because that was always what I thought when they kind of made these announcements. They had quite a range of wrestlers, and obviously a lot of wrestlers that you just would have never thought would have been signed to like a big league promotion, if that makes sense. Like people like again, another wrestler you shouldn't really be naming more, but Jimmy Havoc. Like when he was signed, that was surprising. I would have never would have seen him in like some like WWE, for example. It's um. So I mean, people will complain forever if they sign someone from WWE, but yeah, it's, it's just smart to be honest. And half of the people that they signed from WWE weren't weren't even built there; they just went there. Uh, like for example, should they sign Tommy End or the recently signed Andrade El Idolo? Mm-hmm. He was not. He he you know he got uh, he had a really good NXT run, but he was not made in WWE. Like El Sombra was. IWGP like intercontinental champion uh, and champion everywhere else. Um, I I think it, it's a good mix of of independent talent. I mean, you look at it now, where it is now from where it was. Uh, the top stars, like they're not, they they can't. I mean, you would I guess you'd say homegrown in these days, like indie grown. 
uh like yeah. orange cassidy is one of the biggest stars on wrestling television yeah. uh darby allen is paired with fucking sting you know uh god damn like brian jungle cage boy has. yeah brian, brian cage yeah, and Taz. yeah. yeah. I, I think they've done a great job with with the talent so far and i think it's a good mix of who they've signed i understand like because there was a point in time because moxley debuted at double or nothing right we'll be getting um, to that but yes <laughs> but yeah where there was a point in time where the top three guys were uh you know two wwe guys and kenny omega yeah and i understand people's hesitance but also fuck you john moxley <laughs> there is not the same as dean ambrose on wwe Oh yeah, there's, the end, there's a distinct difference between a John Moxley and a Dean Ambrose. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think I think at the end of the day, from like a standpoint, if they were serious about getting viewers in, they already had like decent viewers, right? But they're they're, they're serious about being a competitive force, about being a force to um, give everyone a chance, like <clears> like was <throat> said. And um, it will be kind of like because TNA made all the mistakes before AEW was even born. So they have, they have, yeah. like, they have an obvious, like, do not go down this path sort of road, so they can like tear along the side a little bit, get those, get those views in from people who are like, wonder what Chris Jericho's at the moment uh, up to at the moment, wonder what Miro's up to at the moment, wonder what Big Show's up to at the moment, Sting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, they can pull in those views and get those big names and get them to win titles. Uh, that's not uh, that's not a them like uh, standing on WWE's shoulder. That's them picking up the li- that picking up what they like the precious stuff that they've dropped on the way. And yeah. it's it's a smart move. It's a really smart move. Otherwise, what else are these wrestlers gonna gonna do? If I'm just uh, go, go back to the indies. Would still have wonderful careers in the indies, sure. But like we're we're talking about names that are used to. WWE high paying contracts and not yeah that that kind of thing used to being on live TV every week. No, I no I agree with you guys. I mean, like like I was saying, like I, I hate the whole thing of like just because someone's been in WWE, they always have to be associated as a WWE guy, which is just complete mm. nonsense. Yeah. I think there's yeah. only a handful of wrestlers you could you could firmly say right, well they are probably forever a WWE guy like a John Cena because it would be something ridiculous for him to go and join something like AEW. But like any other wrestler, it's like you can take them out of the WWE mold and they can do much better or thrive much better in the company as AEW has kind of proven. Um, so yeah, as we kind of will lean into a bit there. So obviously the Double or Nothing event took place on May 25th, 2019 at the MGM Grand Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, despite not having weekly TV to build any storylines, AW did do quite a good job of trying to build up hype for the show using social media, YouTube, and press conferences. Uh, one of the main stories that was built up was the Cody feud with his brother Dustin Rhodes, who had recently departed from WWE. Uh, the build-up to the match saw Cody declaring he was going to beat his brother as a way to kill the Attitude Era. Uh, another story that was kind of built around was obviously crowning the first ever AEW World Champion. Uh, the main event of the show would see former rivals Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega face off with the winner being the first number one contender for the belt at all out pay-per-view jericho would win the match and the second contender would be decided in the casino battle royal which was won by hangman adam page 
Uh, overall, Double or Nothing was a highly successful launch for the promotion, garnering much praise. Dave Meltzer wrote in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that it will go down as one of the landmark pay-per-views in history, both because of the match quality, but more the atmosphere created by the fans. He also noted that from a creative standpoint and connecting with the fans, AEW blew away WWE. The praise didn't stop there for Meltzer, as he also awarded the company its first five-star match, thanks to Cody and Dustin. The show also did great at introducing more talent to the promotion and left some room for surprise debuts, as Garrett mentioned there. John Moxley shocked the, the wrestling landscape by showing up to close out the show and taking out Kenny Omega. Uh, Double or Nothing, of course, now makes up the big four pay-per-views. AW runs every year, with the other three being All Out, Full Gear, and Revolution. Um, so what, you got, what were you guys' thoughts on Double or Nothing? I remember the night it aired, because that was the night I was traveling overnight in a coach, because we were going to a progress show the next day, I believe. I think that was the case. So I remember meeting you at the early hours of the morning in a park somewhere, Scott, and you were telling me all the stuff that happened on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what were your thoughts kind of watching it live as it kind of went down? I loved Double or Nothing. Did, did I, that was that was must have been one that we watched together. Yes. I swear because we watched I, because that I Blood remember, match together. Yeah, because the yeah, because the first the first match I remember because we were talking about it, because we watched Kip Sabian at a Lucha Forever <coughs> show and he came out to Super Bad by I think Skrillex does that song. Uh and and we were like, This guy's sick and we love yeah. him to bits. Oh, we and... were we yeah, yeah, we were so because that was such a good Lucha Forever show. Hold oh on. Oh my god, you continue right. talking about it, I'm gonna get a thing. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Of course, of course. I think I still have the signed poster from it and stuff. I think that's what yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah, because because <laughs> he was then fa he was facing Sammy Guevara, and this was the first sort of official match of AEW ever. Mm. And talk about two young and soon to prosper stars. They put on a fantastic match, and the audience didn't like barely knew who either person was. There it is. I have that very same poster set up in my room, signed by everyone. Oh. FYI, guys, um, quick side to that. Because you guys talk about Lucha Forever a lot and how it was very short-lived, I'm pretty sure all of the shows are on my Progress account. Yeah, they, they just are. added it to Dying well, Things. So if you had... I think a few of them are. A few of them are. Maybe some of the ones you guys are at. Anyway. Old Demo Battle, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a, what a, what a show. The reason but it yeah. went under. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... The, the thing is with the with, with like uh, 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 a packed crowd, uh, I forget the venue. Um, MGM Grand Vegas. MGM, yes. Hence, oh, double I mean, or nothing. The casino that, theme. You know what they're going for. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That make, it does make a lot of sense. So, like Vegas is kind of uh, like you know they 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 weren't going to know any of the new names off the bat. Uh, like especially all the more obscure ones like Kip Sabian and at the time Sammy Guevara. But the thing is, they made you care, and they made the audience invested. Just mm. like, and it's 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 wrestling one hundred and one. Tell a story with a match. It's so it must be so difficult to do that with no build up, which is what Double or Nothing had for the most part. No build up, uh, apart from all the stuff on being the elite, which is all they could do. Which is, yeah. you know, a lot of the crowd in attendance would have seen that, but not all of them. So, yeah, it's it. it, it this was I. I adored this show. Like, <clears throat> I can't even remember like a bit I was like eh about. Although, because uh, like All In had a couple of bits where I was like eh, but 
just scrolling through the matches real quick, and I found where where was it? Um, where was it? You little bastard! <laughs> yeah, little bastard. Uh, let me add Dusty and Coden. You say Dusty and Coden. Coden, <laughs> yeah, Dusty and Cody. That's what I meant. Coden, Coden. <laughs> no, yeah, that was it because the, the it was um, SoCal versus uh, Strong Hearts, hmm. um, and I, I I loved that match too. I I also loved the Battle Royale as well with uh, Hangman getting the win because he was uh, he was the entrant at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I remember that you hyped in the Battle Royale, especially because that was your first introduction to Orange Cassidy. <clears throat> I believe oh. that was where he was like your new favorite wrestler. You loved everything he was doing. And I mean, proof proof is in the pudding that he is now obviously their biggest star TV for doing a lot of the stuff that basically gives Jim Cornette a heart attack. Yeah, and I love I love wrestlers that give G- Jim Cornette a heart attack. I like it seems like just he's the anti me in terms of wrestling opinions. I love silly shit. Done well, of course. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Orange Cassidy is the uh, antithesis of silly shit done well. And s- silly shit that can turn serious, which I'm even more, like, fond of. It's uh, his, his, his match with Pac, which we'll talk about later, is just... Oh. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, what are your kind of thoughts on the show? Uh... If this is, you know, your first ever pay-per-view as a as a company, you you're you're off to a good fucking start. Um, nothing. Uh, that Blood Brothers match is my favorite match this decade. Oh yeah. no, God! I, it still it hasn't been topped yet, and yet still, <laughs> you know, there have been better pay-per-views, but like mm. that match. That last I, line. I will, I will. I cried a bit. I'm not gonna lie. I yeah. did tear up. It has the emotion. Has everything. I think the only thing you can point to that being weird about that match was that the same match where at the start he just breaks a throne with a sledgehammer. Yeah. After it is, yeah. Like, yeah. That's the only thing you can point to being like, okay, that was a bit dumb. But the match itself. It was. Perfect. It was a tad uh, bit on the nose, but yeah. yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> it was. It's that last line, isn't it? The "I don't need a tag team um, partner. I need a brother." Um, oh, said whilst blood is pouring down both of their faces. Just I don't need a tag team partner. Booze. I don't need a friend. Also booze. I need my older brother. That's actually a really good Cody Rhodes. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, the show just kind of sell what they need to do. And, you, and like, it's amazing that they built such a brilliant, like, such a big show that was well done and a game without little build. And I think what helped is that they, they did, they had the matches there, but then also they had the big surprises. I mean, at the time, this was a huge get. Getting John Moxley to close the show—that was just another. I don't think people point to say, "Oh, it's great, it's another WWE guy." But like we said, there's a big difference between a Dean Ambrose and John Moxley, and he kind of proved that 
straight away when he came in. It, you could tell he was like, this is how he wanted to be in WWE and couldn't do it. And I think it just kind of immediately sort of set them apart. Um, but kind of moving on from that, so obviously... Uh, oh, sorry. There was another, something else I was going to ask you guys. Um, how do you how do you like AEW's kind of I guess their old approach to pay per views by only kind of running four each year rather than the sort of monthly schedule that a place like WWE has? I think I much prefer it because WWE. I, I mean, growing up, obviously, it was the greatest thing ever when you kid. Oh, there's going to be a pay per view there every month. But then looking at it now, it's like I prefer just having these four shows because there's a lot more to get excited about and you just have time to build stuff. I think that's kind of why AEW stood out in terms of its stories and wrestling because they have yeah. long-term booking and it's because they've only got maybe four shows a year they can actually build towards to do that. So I just kind of want to see what you guys kind of thought about that. It, it's so much better because we had, what have we had? Hell in a Cell, also an NXT pay-per-view. It feels like Money in the Bank is next week. Because the yeah. people are already qualified, and I don't. It's too much. I don't care. They also did a Hell in the Cell. Although I prefer having a pay per view not be based around a gimmick. Uh, they had a Hell in the Cell on SmackDown and on Raw, right? Yeah, they've they've instead of like going the opposite of what we want, they went more like, oh, you have all the Hell in the Cell, and it's just like, but yeah, dude, you're missing the point, man. It's like, too. Yeah. It, there's too many. There's too many shows. Uh, but I guess now they're beholden to the network being on Peacock and everything, so they probably have a quota. Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, so I doubt they can go less. I uh, mean, apparently, the the upset executives about having the Hell in the Cell on SmackDown because they they took a match from the card and put it on TV for free. That Peacock was like, "Well, I got we paid you all this money for Peacock. Why aren't you putting it on?" <laughs> Well, that that was that was the problem as well because SmackDown and Raw are on two different uh, networks, right? One's on USA, one's on Fox. One's on Fox, um, and they're pretty sure USA said, "Why did they get one?" And they're like, <laughs> oh, I do. "Here you go." And then they all got one. <laughs> Everyone gets one. Yeah, I, I feel like if AEW would said like, "Why don't we get one?" They might just give it to them. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Vince, we want one. <laughs> yeah, Scott, uh, do you prefer four pay-per-views a year as opposed to a monthly one? I am a firm, firm believer that a story needs room to breathe to be given pacing. A story needs time to be given stakes. And a story needs time to develop characters. At the end of the day, every feud is an arc in itself. Every feud tells a different story and stories can't be told in five minute windows every week for three weeks until the big blow off 10 minute match at a pay-per-view mm. battlegrounds i guess i uh, i guess it's a i guess it's a guitar on a pole match maybe um the, the, the thing is is it, is it wrestlemania battlegrounds or is it is that a thing yet? <laughs> like wrestlemania backlash WrestleMania SummerSlam. <laughs> WrestleMania Money in the Bank. Um, <laughs> WrestleMania, WrestleMania. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not, I know we're joking, but give it 10 years and that'll just be what every pay per view is. Vince <laughs> will have officially gone mad and went, well, if it's WrestleMania Royal Rumble and WrestleMania No Way Out. It's like, uh, what if it's stop. WrestleMania all year? <laughs> um, it's like, 
the good thing with AEW's structure <clears throat> is that, like, uh, Dynamite's a two-hour show. Then you get Dark. Then you get their new show that's coming out soon. Rampage. Mm-hmm. Rampage. So that is plenty of time for all the wrestlers they've got on their roster to be utilized to be uh to interact to gain chemistry with one another to float around ideas um especially when they're doing a lot of the creative stuff themselves i think uh i can't remember who said this on their pod on the podcast on chris jericho's podcast i think it might have been sean spears who said uh that oh, oh no no it was Brody lee it was Brody Lee who said it on um, Chris Jericho's podcast saying, I was surprised when I got into the writer's room and they were like, what do you want to do? And he was like, uh, and he was like to Jericho, like, uh, I've got to go out and do a promo. What do I say? He was like, I don't know. You, you come up with something. What would Brody Lee say? And like with, with months and months worth of story to boot, to build to a big break pay-per-view once a season instead of once a month, they were to be like, Let's make it. Let's make something. Let's 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 be let's be part of a funny story that will culminate in one big blood feud or a special kind of silly match like like um the, the uh, arcade anarchy match uh, and all that stuff. It's it's like yeah. it feels it feels like you can see that they're having fun being a bit creative with their work and riffing off of one another. It's yeah, it's no. it's refreshing. It's refreshing, and it and the four the four pay per view a year structure hands so much uh, freedom to the wrestlers, in my opinion. Instead of just being like, "Fuck, we gotta have another title match this month," kind of thing. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, we'll get on to sort of a tie into that in a minute, but obviously, kind of drawn upon what you already mentioned. Obviously, so in the build, double or nothing, AEW and Warner Media announced that they had struck up a deal to air the weekly primetime show on TNT. And this was quite big, exciting news because TNT had formerly been the broadcast home of WCW's Monday Night Nitro during the Monday Night Wars. So the show would be called Dynamite, and the first episode was announced there on October 2nd, 2019. Uh, what helped kind of build further hype towards it, though, was that WWE announced its network show of NXT would be moving to the USA network and would be expanding its runtime for two hours. Both would air on Wednesday head-to-head, leading many to get excited over a second war for the ratings dominance. The first episode of Dynamite pulled in 1.409 million viewers, uh, viewers, making it the largest television debut in TNT in five years. They also beat NXT's viewership, which brought in an average of 892,000 views, and this pattern would more or less continue throughout what was kind of a very short-lived Wednesday Night Wars, if you want to call it that, with AEW kind of proving highly popular in the key adults 18 to 49 demographic. Uh, Dynamite has proved highly successful and often receives much praise for its content, and AEW has obviously followed this up with Dark and Dark Elevation, as Scott mentioned, which are YouTube exclusive, but as we also we touched upon, uh, a second show is coming later this year, I believe in August, called Rampage. So, what do you kind of, why do you think Dynamite has kind of proved popular, and like, how has it kind of stood out against the longer sort of running rivals? I think for me, it's like, as we touched upon... Because they do four pay-per-views a year, it means on weekly TV, you're guaranteed to get some big matches and big match types, which is why it's like awesome to tune in. Like the, the amount of like pay-per-view caliber matches that they've put on Dynamite is insane. So like nearly every week you can guarantee to be tuning in and see like an absolutely like tremendous match for like free, basically. And I think that's what kind of helps them set them out. Uh, <clears throat> among other things I mentioned, such as the talent involved and the storylines. But what what do you guys kind of think? I think that uh, you're going to talk about Dark for a second. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, my, I can't help but sometimes catch myself but to think about dark as in a negative way uh, because of the way that WWE and WWE fans have kind of treated WWE. <clears throat> Currently, on main event, I think it's either scheduled for the next main event or it has just happened. I think it's scheduled for next. Uh, it is Shelton Benjamin against Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross. Mm-hmm. And Bronson uh, Reed is having a match as well, I think. On yeah, event. and I have I have yeah. no idea what that means. It only fills me with dread. Uh, and it's it's just, you know, their sideshow that they, they put on on the network. They don't put that on YouTube, do they? No, um, it, it's weird because the main event didn't actually, I think I'm right, didn't actually start off as being a B show because I'm sure the first one opened with like a CM Punk versus some other big main eventer. And then it just dropped to being, oh, that's the show where wrestlers kind of go to die in WWE. <clears throat> like if you're not being used, you're going on main event and no one's really going to see it. Yeah. Hey, gonna take it over. No, I'm not afraid. I'm pretty sure that's the main event theme. Um, <laughs> Couldn't tell you. <laughs> no, never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would wonder how many people watch it. Um, AEW Dark consistently does fairly well, and you do get to see who is a draw. Yeah. You know, you have Moxley on there, and they'll get 1.2 million views. You have just kind of some B players on there that's not too well publicized. And it's like, you know, 400K, which is pretty good. Um, and, you know, if, if a few handful. And then, you know, you got Paul, Paul White's first one, 1.2. Um, like, it's doing well. And this is like just something they throw out. And it doesn't, it just doesn't feel like a downgrade at all. It just feels like giving people airtime and just seeing what sticks. There have been cases where, like, I've seen something happen on Dark or something be tried out or a storyline be continued or started, and then it gets it gets picked up on AEW. Like, it doesn't feel like a show that's ignored. Mm. Whereas, from what I have seen a lot of the time, like, when I, when I do watch main event... It's because I've seen someone like uh, Ali or Ricochet be like, we're going to tear it the fuck up on main event. Come and watch it. And then I do. And then nothing happens. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this is really fucking good. This is good, really good fucking match. This is great. And then nothing happens and they don't get picked up or characters get fucked off and changed and shit just, ha- I, it's, it's difficult to tell. Um, just with anything but as as they have it right now i like the way aw has it we'll see how it changes with rampage we'll see how how things go on right now they're a bit fucked because they're they're getting uh screwed by tbs uh they've been on friday for the past nearly a month i think it's coming up to a month. Yeah, yeah yeah i think it's about a month at this point and they're up against smackdown they're gonna get fucked against smackdown um and then now they're on Saturday because there's another NBA game or something. Uh, I don't know. They're moving to, to no, they're fucked by TNT. They're moving to TBS. Mm-hmm. So that might be much better for them. We'll see. Yeah, fingers crossed. It's like uh, what you're saying about the uh, the extra shows. I think 
they use it as like a platform for what, what you said when the bigger stars come down to feed into their wind loss um, stipulation that they use uh, as almost like a kind of middle finger to WWE a little bit, as if to say like, yeah, wins and losses matter. It, they've made it almost into like a kind of point system. And it's a good way for people like, say, Hangman Page, who's going to rise up and eventually to become a contender, for him to get wins over up-and-coming um, stars who are going up uh, the system to have a have a match <clears throat> with one of the main eventers. Um, it will eventually be a loss, but that loss means something. And they and it means something for the other person as well, because they just had a match with Adam Page that could have gone on for about 15 or so minutes and could have had some really nice spots in it and stuff like that. And, and um, the win and loss thing, it's not perfect. No, it's no. it's not it's not perfect by any means, but it, it it when when utilized like that on stuff like dark and maybe it will be similar on rampage. Who knows? But um, yeah, it's it, it 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 makes dark a lot more relevant than something like main event. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I quite like the win and loss thing, but I, I do agree it's a very flawed system, especially when it's like oh, uh, because basically. On this, they should be the next one in line for the belt, but nah, this person's getting it instead. Like they don't always follow why it was set out, which we kind of probably assumed they would do that anyway. I, I still kind of think it's 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 interesting, and I think I think what I quite like about Dark and because they have got quite a stacked roster now, like even like they they signed quite a lot of people. I think it's what they do is to give them. It's clear they care about the talent. They want them all to be doing something. And like, what you'll see is you'll see some wrestlers that might just be on dark for ages. But then they'll always get that chance to come to Dynamite and do something before that sort of larger audience as well. So it feels like they've got a constant good cycle going with it. So they're always kind of doing something. And it's like, even if you're not doing something major at the moment, chances are in a couple of weeks' time, you could be doing something major down the line. And it's just a cool little system for when they do bring in... <clears throat> Maybe their own homegrown talent from like the Nightmare Factory or whatever, just to get them on that platform, a lower platform to start with before they're ready to go to that bigger stage. I I have dumb baby brain, uh, <laughs> and I think I think all of you have dumb baby brain too. I see a person, and and number say uh, twelve, and I go, and then I see another person, and number say uh, number two ranked, and I'm like. This guy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> and I think other people are the same. And when yeah. you do get to when you do get a, a, to be able to be like, this person has seven wins, zero losses. Uh, and you're like, where? I haven't seen them. And you're like, it was on dark. And I'm like, yeah, right. Nah, I, it's there. I can check it. I won't, but I can. <laughs> there, there, there's, there is an air of legitimacy to it. I mean, people can say it's flawed all they want, but I think it's as good as it can be at this point moment in time i think yeah. it's fine it's far better than just i get a rematch because i said so uh i'm gonna it's gonna be uh god i'm trying to remember some of this the worst times in in life some baron corbin feuds that have gone on forever do you remember yeah. uh, was it baron baron corbin and pick a wrestler dean ambrose in the miz dolph ziggler in the miz Anyone to do with the Miz? <laughs> <laughs> Lashley Drew kept happening. I don't. Um, I don't know why. It's, it's still, still going to be happening. It, <clears throat> the headline. The headline. Helen itself. <laughs> Roman and Brock, which just was 
like five years of that same match. Kevin Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That's very much like, oh, they're feuding now. Then they'll stop a bit, and then a few months down the line, it's like, oh, we, we need we need safe people. You guys, I I feel bad because they are a fight forever. We'll have oh, a yeah, discussion. Yeah. We'll we'll do a whole pod on like who are some fight forevers. They are a you know fight forever boys. However, they can also tell a story and are amazing. So let them do yeah. that and then fight forever. Yeah, that would be good. That's just throwing true. that out there. Well, while we're still kind of on topic of dynamite, um, just to kind of get a discussion over what what's been any particular favorite highlights or matches from dynamite that like come to mind. I'd say two two of my favorite matches. Uh, the first one, especially just to honor him, was the Brody Lee squash match against Cody Rhodes. That was yes. amazing because one thing AEW doesn't do, they don't really do those kind of matches very often. Like when you see any kind of match on the show, they're quite the lengthy compared to someone like Lisa and Raw on SmackDown. It's a proper hard fought contest for those involved. But that was like the first time, especially as well, seeing Cody, who was already kind of sells up with this kind of like dominant figure and he gets completely annihilated in what was it less than like five minutes and loses the TNT championship. It was just so wonderfully done. And a second match for me would be the one we talked about in the women's one, Scott, which would of course the lights out between <coughs> and Thunder Rosa. Uh, one of the best women's matches I've ever seen, which is why I think mm. it made all of our top fives when we did that episode. Um, and was basically the thing that made Britt Baker an absolute megastar. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with literally all of those. I'll also add a, a match I said earlier this episode, Arcade Stampede, um, which is, I could just go on a deep dive about that whole match. It was brilliant, fun, and it was the debut of um, Where Is My Mind as Best Friends theme, which yeah. is just, oh, so perfect. Um, uh, and and uh, Chris Statlander is just amazing Miro's amazing kip is amazing penelope great match fantastic um on a little bit more of a somber note but still fantastic and it i still watch back if i want to like properly feel something and smile uh, in a kind of somber way Bro- the Brody lee testament show oh, the, specifically yeah, that's show is great yeah specifically the um john silver match uh, uh, like the the three way tag against MJF um, and his and the inner circle, and it was John Silver of the Dark Order, uh, and, and oh, and Adam Page and stuff. It was impressed. It was, and, a, and a, ten, was a ten as well. Was yeah. it, it was Alex yeah. Reynolds. Ten, ten, it was Alex Reynolds. Ten was in the main event, which was also very good. That was picked uh, by um, picked by Brody. By so. negative one, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, so, what like, I about the. The, uh, the the six man with John Silver is the fact that MGF is still in full on heel despite this tribute mode, gets in his Brody Lee son's face like quite bigly, but then lets him hit him with a kendo stick to get Oh, so good. But I did I did laugh my head off when on Twitter he just put he just tweeted, fuck that kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's always going. Even in serious times, it's like, nah, so good. Going. So <clears throat> good. Uh but like, yeah, that when Eric when Eric Redbeard came out, hold the sign, uh, like the ending it with the uh, uh, Laria. It's just when when I'm when I'm fucking like when I'm like I want to feel sad about something. 
but in a good way. I watched that match, and I, uh, I, I it does ne- like cons- it's one of those things that consistently, very nearly brings me to tears. Uh, uh, because the first time I watched it, I did cry a lot. Um, but yeah, no, that that, that match, a genuine, not just AEW, but wrestling highlight for me, just a show that it can bring everyone together. Um, oh, what else? Uh, oh, and um, and of course, tag team wrestling. It's just in itself. FTR, Young Bucks, SCU, Lucha Bros., any combination of the, of the, the I mean, previous I mean, four tag teams. Yeah. I mean, if, if above anything else, I think AEW is the place for tag team wrestling at the moment. I don't think anyone can really come close. NXT's got a good little crop going on at the moment, but compared to the stack tag roster that AEW's got, and they're all getting a chance to shine. doesn't even come close. <clears throat> sure. um, best Dynamite matches. Uh Best friends versus Santana Ortiz in the oh, street fight. That's a yeah. rule, rather. That yes. was just so fucking good. Um, Pack, uh, Pack Kenny was that on Dynamite? Yeah, maybe they might have had a match on Dynamite. They probably have Kenny, yeah. Kenny, and uh, Ray Phoenix on Dynamite. Yep. Amazing. Kenny and Hangman against Lucha Brothers was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so many more, but probably I, I'd put Street Fight as one of my favorites just because it was so good. That parking lot brawl was amazing. was amazing. I mean, that's gonna be one of the rare. We'll, we'll get onto this a little bit later on, but that's gonna be one of the rare few Street Fight type matches that's got five stars from old Davy Meltzer. Did that get five? They got five. We'll be touching upon that a bit later on. But I'm pretty sure that that was definitely on the list. Um, well, brilliant. Now there's all cracking stuff there. So. Moving on, we're kind of just going to talk about, uh, I guess, sort of establishing the brand. So obviously, like its longer and more established rival, um, AEW has been pretty quick to kind of get its brand out onto the market at quite a rapid rate. When you consider it again, it's only been like two years old. So the company was quick to set up its own merchandise, selling the usual T-shirts, apparel, like buy a wrestling show like this. Send money. Give us money. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, To the delight of kids and adult man-children like me, the company also signed a deal with the toy company Jazzwares to produce AW action figures and other toy products. Uh, That's going incredibly well for them, actually. They're already looking to set up, like, (coughs) over lines among that. Um, So, yeah, that's doing really well. AW has also seen much of its talent sign book deals as well. Um, Obviously, Jim Ross released his second book not long after he started serving as commentator. The Young Books released theirs, and John Moxley's due to release a book later this year. Uh, They've also had some kind of strange occurrences purely by accident. So, obviously, the chief chief among them being this one, uh, when Chris Jericho sort of (laughs) created a meme-worthy thing of drinking champagne, and as a result, they released a little bit of the bubbly champagne. So... They're kind of, again, going on their draw for the internet. Uh, perhaps the most exciting news for us, though, at the time was uh, AEW has its own game division, just called AEW Games, and it's headed up by actually some of the talent, obviously, namely Kenny Omega, who's been working closely with developers Ute to create the first title. Uh, that was kind of a major coup for them as well, because that company obviously has a long history of developing wrestling games, but obviously they were mainly linked with doing the WWE series for, like, nearly two decades. Um, AEW Games also got the mobile division, which has been headed up by referee Aubrey Edwards, and she's got a background in this kind of thing. Uh, only one game has been released so far, uh, which was just a generic casino 
game app. You you tried it out, didn't you, Gary? You said it was just pretty. Bog yeah, it's standard. just it's just a casino game. There's nothing <laughs> AEW about yeah. it. Yeah. Just don't even don't try. <laughs> um, but more excitingly, they are releasing uh, a proper name with the brand attached, which is going to be a GM mode game. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Uh, so far, the various match is doing well, though it has been reported that the games division is proven to be their most risky adventure so far it was reported that the, it currently the whole company's in the red after the investor was like a, a 10 figure summit to the division but it should be worth bearing in mind that for like companies as early as this are looking to like you know expand it's it's typical territory of the venture you've got to put the money into it and be in the red a little bit to see the rewards come back in uh the most recent thing though which i'm going to hand over to garrett was mgf actually launched his own cryptocurrency last week so why don't you kind of stick us through that garrett <clears throat> all right do you lads know what cryptocurrency is? Yes. Uh, I, had a guy, yeah. I had a guy in an Uber explain it to me uh, uh, a, while, a little while back. Um, uh, and and he did a worse job at explaining it to, than, than you ever did. Uh, but I, I, from you, I understand it relatively. Yeah. You've, Just... you've, you've, you've explained bits to me before, like when you explained <laughs> non-treatable tokens and I went cross-eyed, then you really dumbed it down. non fungible like... tokens. <laughs> Whatever. And then, and then I got it. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> uh, so, like a lot of people, they've seen money in the NFT, crypto, blockchain, Bitcoin, Ethereum world. Uh, a lot of those words might not mean a lot to a lot of people, even to people that have some. Even to people on this podcast. Even to people on this podcast. <laughs> Basically, what MJF has done is he hasn't really, I don't think there's any, he hasn't made his own. He hasn't... Uh, got a bunch of software developers to 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 find his own niche in in the blockchain uh, uh specifically he's working on the ethereum chain because he's working uh with a company called rally who have a, a, a rly coin which is a subset of like it works in the ethereum blockchain which is slightly more carbon better than bitcoin if that means anything to you uh, he tried to make it a very good point of his. Um, he was like, he's like, no, it's eco-friendly. Ethereum's going to be really eco-friendly. And everyone was like, no, this is too far, you heel. How dare you do, <laughs> how dare you do cryptocurrency? Stop working us, <laughs> <clears throat> So I thought I'd do my diligence as a, uh, uh, as a mark, as a rube, and as a member of this podcast. So I tried to buy some. Uh, the site didn't work. Uh, I bought very early. I still did end up buying quite early. I bought fifty dollars uh, when the site eventually worked, uh, which ended up being thirteen point five six four seven six seven MJF. Now, what happens with a lot of cryptocurrencies is it will see a, a massive shoot up when everyone's like, you know, dumps a bunch of money into it and it shoots up. What my I, what I believe is MJF went to a bunch of wrestlers and his mates and was like, hey, I'm going to launch this cryptocurrency and I'm not, I'm not going to tell anyone for a little bit. So just buy a bunch, just a little, just buy a bunch and then we'll just, you know, we'll cash out, which is mostly what happened. They all bought like a few grand's worth. Everyone buys into it. My $50 went up to around about $250 worth, which is when I messaged you and I said, mm -hmm. um, I said, because what did I, I what did, do you remember what I predicted or what I said? I, I said, it will crash when dynamite happens yeah. uh, and it will just go a lot lower. So I said, should we just see what happens or should I cash out? And what do you say? 
Uh, I think we said let it ride. I did it. Let it ride. Yeah. So I knew. So I knew it was gonna crash. So right, it pretty much hit a peak. Uh, it, it, the like one MJF was around about fifteen dollars at the start of Dynamite. Dynamite happens and it's just gone down ever since. Uh, he's tried <laughs> to do giveaways and and all this kind of thing. Um, I think he gave away his ring worn, uh, his ring worn double or nothing gear to to the guy that held the most MJF coin, <sighs> which is good for him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, th- th- this guy supposedly well had about $27,000 worth of MJF coin, which is now probably about $23,000 worth of MJF coin, maybe less. Uh, my $50, which uh, hit a peak of around 250 is now worth about $58. Hey. That's profit. The thing is with cryptocurrency and fiat currency, fiat currency being the pounds in your pocket right something recognized by a government if i am to like turn this mjf coin into real world money i have to convert it to rally coin i then have to download something like coinbase or a coin wallet of some kind to deposit into so i deposit my rally into that wallet i will then convert that into a cryptocurrency that will be able or that somewhere someone will buy for real money on a on an exchange like coinbase so i'll convert it to let's say bitcoin i'll then take it out in real money and then the government will say hang on a minute let's have a let's come on come on (laughs) and then you'll pay some taxes on that so you know he's trying to make people not poor apparently (laughs) (laughs) we'll see Sounds like it's going to be the opposite if people invest all the money into it and it completely craps out. He, for a second there, he was rising up the ranks because the way that this works is it's creator coins on Rally. Mm. Uh, and he he became about like the eighth most uh, or, or highest worth creator just by a singular coin. Um, he's not anymore. He's like the 50th. But... I don't know. It, it, feel, it felt like a bit of a quick cash grab. I don't think he'll stick with it that much longer. I no. don't think he's going to do too many more uh, giveaways. I doubt many people will hold either, which is why the, the price has gone down. People were like, all oh, right, I'm going to lose some money. So let's throw it out. But uh, as, as the Bear Hug Club, we will keep our $50 in just because we're gonna be rich <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it in just because we'll straight be to the moon, baby straight to the moon everyone everyone will cash out and we'll be the only people i think that's a goal to shoot for be the only oh, ones sure. left i'm gonna so, i'm gonna have 13, i'm gonna be the only one with 13 mjf just, just something thing. something completely unforeseen happens like the value of this thing skyrockets and we're the only people with MGF coin left. So that means we cash out by the Bear Hug Club penthouse, record from up there on the top of the I don't know, Gherkin or whatever. And we're just gonna we're just gonna laugh at all the poor people like squandering below us, taking buses and shit whilst we're out <laughs> in helicopters, recording our podcast on the go. That's what so- I'm saying. So currently, there are two point two thousand people supporting this currency, meaning there are that many holders of currency. Now, if you think about it, when I have thirteen, and the total number of coins are one hundred twenty-five point three thousand, one hundred twenty-five thousand coins. I have thirteen, and there are two thousand 
holders, there are quite a few people with a lot of coins. Uh, I'm going to assume some of those people might be wrestlers who are just mates with MJF or MJF himself, who has a lot of his own stock. So, do you think? So, like, kind of the question around it. Do you think this was like a serious venture on his part, or was it all just part of the brand and the work of his character? Because I mean, the thing is, like, well, like, like we discussed, like, because we were going to Dynamite, we we were all kind of thinking, will they advertise it? And obviously, then you kind of point out, well, no, they couldn't for something like that. It's, it's Le- I don't think legally he could. I think, yeah, I think to do that, there's the FEC, was it the FCC, whatever the American one, yeah, FCC, um, let me be or let me be me. So let me see. <laughs> yeah, so them. <laughs> Uh, I don't think they'd actually allow that legally. Mm. I think that's some that's basically kind of insider trading. Right. Yeah. Sort of. It's like bigging up your own stock so that you can then sell it. So that's kind of insider trading. Um yeah, he I don't think he's allowed to do that. He's allowed to do it on Twitter, I suppose, kind of. Even that is murky. I don't really I already know the full legality of it. Uh do I think it was a get rich quick? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's obviously a, a, a money venture. There's nothing There's nothing in it that is like, you know, this cryptocurrency is backed up on me saving kittens. This is a, it's a money venture. I don't know if it's okay for it to become a work. For like him to just be completely, because I mean, you got to bear in mind, this is the guy I love. I, I kind of love the story, but it just prove how far you can push things. He he was at like a, was like just a random wrestling convention, might be one of the star star fests that he do, and he he actually took a phone off a fan and PayPal'd himself twenty dollars from the guy's account. <laughs> that's I, brilliant. Yeah, I I think that's like I know you can say that's quite murky that level but i mean imagine this whole thing was a work and he could have potentially ruined a lot of people's lives by being like invest all your money in this you'll get rich. yeah i <laughs> it's the very thing is, risky heel the thing is there aren't actually that many people that invest in crypto yeah um, but they'll, they'll, you've got to admit there'll be one or two people who have done this with what little money they have and yeah, yeah. yeah oh oh 100 oh, percent uh, I, I was on I was on Twitter talking like there were people who were gen there are fucking morons who are genuinely like how much should I invest in this? Uh, it's gambling. It's it is just gambling. Uh, don't it's, invest it's in it. Put, it's putting worth to something that doesn't have worth for the sake of worth. Sure, right? like it's a, the it's it's there's there's so many different little things. It technically has worth because Rally is backing it up or RLY tokens are, and they technically have worth because they're on the Ethereum chain, and that technically has worth. Things technically have worth because we believe they do. But this is gambling. If you are to invest in MJF coin, uh, if you are if you are to invest in MJF coin, uh, think about it like gambling, uh, and just go all in. Double or nothing. Just invest house life savings. Just sell your kid. I don't care. Anyway, next segment. Yes, well, thank you for that, Garrett. Um, yeah. Um, 
You could be rich like me. I have, look, look at this. What's he got? Wait. Oh, uh, uh. that's. Wait, that's. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't quite. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see? But then, as Garrett remember, as Garrett stated, though, when the fun stops, <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> Gamble away, Doc, could it? You can. <laughs> It would be Give better than money. buying a couple of lottery tickets because you'd probably end up getting like a fiver or a free bet. Sorry, yeah. a free play lottery because it's should a game. Yeah, uh, should do the slot machines on the mobile app. They're pretty fun. But do stop if it's if you basically just got no money to throw away at it. Um, well, before we move to the next thing, just kind of sticking with the merch and sort of them branching out as like the brand. Um, one thing I kind of want to ask, do you think it's been like a little too rapid in terms of how they've kind of put their brand into the market? Because it feels like I feel like a lot of time they're doing a lot of stuff very quickly and very much too soon when you consider like, you know, something like WWE has obviously had decades to build up and so they've got the potential there. Do you think it's a bit too much of a risky venture to be constantly like, oh, we're going to have a toy division all of a sudden and then a game division well, and all that kind it's of stuff? Well, it's a buyer's market, right? Uh, you buy the you buy them. Yeah, um, oh, I, I I certainly buy them. I've bought I've bought like one piece of merch. I think I've obviously bought the pay per views. It depends at what point the crossover stops. Um, will this convert to video game sales? Because that's <clears throat> it's quite difficult. Like will that brand name extend to people in game or GameStop if it still exists uh, uh, or you know WH Smith does that exist I don't go to the high street yeah it's still that's still there will it will it convert to that will they even have enough money to publish digit like like physically will that hinder sales there's, there's so many variables uh too fast? I don't think so. Merch, definitely not. The Young Bucks' whole thing is merch. Mm. And, you know, they got into Hot Topic without even being signed to anyone, really, other than, like, New Japan at the time. Um, but... I think AEW had a similar deal when they first started as well, just to get the merchant uh, Hot Topic, because the books already had that hookup, so... Yeah, do they still... They don't go through pro wrestling tees anymore, do they? I think no. I think you can because I think that's the thing of AEW. Obviously, if you sign, if you're wrestling sign to WWE, it's like right. Well, you we control the merchandise and whatever. I think with AEW, they still let wrestlers definitely have their t-shirts stored out. I think you can still get a lot of the merch through them. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the one just printing the merch for them because they already have that rapport. But now they've obviously got their own global shops for them to distribute it. Possibly. Yeah, that's possible. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think it was too early. I don't think it was too soon. I'm sure that they're actually really big money makers. The toys seem to sell. The merch seems well, to sell. It's the games that I'm not sure about. Yeah. Well, speaking from the toy side of it, it's that's definitely doing well. Because, like, especially because I, I follow a lot of groups. When the new line comes out, especially in, in America, in like the supermarkets, you'll see loads of people post and how it's just been cleared out because the scalpers are getting there, or other people are getting there to sell them to the friends for the collectors. And like, you see lots of kids buying them as well. I remember where. Um, 
when I went to pick up an order from Smith, there was a kid there, which was not long after Christmas, with like three figures, clearly buying them with his Christmas money. So they do sell, you know, so stuff like that as well. But I think you're right. I think the, the video game is going to be the venture that's going to be interesting to see if it pays off, especially if they're putting a lot of money into it. I mean, the footage we saw this week, it's looking great so far, but it's still a long way off. And I've got to hope they're still riding some good success to get the sales in for it. I think that a lot a lot of things to do with AEW's uh merch that stuff for for here just a just a prerequisite I agree they've they've not been too fast I just think they've fulfilled a lot of the promises in what I can only assume is their manifesto when they started out so Cody Rhodes promised when when all this began he promised a lot of things I feel like He's just following through on his word, which could be flawed, but they've already proved with that, with the men, with the kind of all in mentality of them going, let's just do it. Yeah. That, that they have, they are start now just following through with all these things and finding out that it works. If you just have that mindset, which is a crazy life lesson to learn uh, from an outsider's point of view. Um, so, like, the thing is with the video game as well, from a standpoint of Ukes left the WWE team around 2K19. I think that was their last game. And then yeah. that's when you, that's when Ukes left, because they felt like 2K were taking the WWE games in a direction that they didn't want to go. Uh, so they left. Ever since... We've had WWE 2K20, which is not just a wrestling game flop, but a famous game flop, full stop. It, I, I think, I can't remember who's, uh, I think it was, um, oh, I can't remember his name, um, but I watched a top 10 worst video games of 2020 list, and I watched another and WWE 2K20 made it to number one worst on both of those lists. And these are YouTubers with 3 million plus subscribers. Oh, so, yeah. like, with, with, with bad publicity like that, immediately, that's, uh, <clears throat> like, a minimum of what? A minimum of 3 million people who already know that that, that game's bad, even if they're not into wrestling. I, like, I bought that solely because I knew I would get a refund. Uh, <laughs> I, I i bought it i bought it just to laugh at it for like a day and then microsoft just gave me a refund so good same with cyberpunk yeah. well like pictures were being plastered all over the internet of like becky lynch just being hair and eyes and teeth yeah still, there it is. and the steel book is a pre-order bonus stop <laughs> pre-ordering games you prick <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like 2019 of which as a as a quick uh as a as a quick detour from the topic uh i uh during uh lockdown got very bored made all of my pals on wwe um and then made them into uh into universe mode and then put it started putting it on twitch to all my pals once a week uh just like uh oh who wins this game who wins this game all happened on 2019 2019 flawed sure Incredibly, there was a glitch that every time uh, a tag team match was going on, someone would do an Irish whip to the turnbuckle where their teammate would be, and the the person in the ring, the legal man, would walk up to the guy in the turnbuckle and just stare at him. <laughs> just stare, <laughs> stare at him, and then occasionally do the. 
just 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 shimmy the shoulder a little bit but yeah he'll be like awkwardly close as well like ear whisper distance just like a like a like like that close Uh, as if he as if they're just like and and the tag team partner the 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 guy who's not the legal man who's right by um right like in tag distance all he's doing the entire time is this and he's just leaning forward as if he's like antagonizing someone so it just looks like they're quickly conferring as if they're badly going over the match plan and then after about a good 45 seconds they would finally get up and the match would continue <laughs> so, so by all means ww2k19 not a perfect game glitches no. galore uh ladders like you know Glitching and glitching through a ring and would occasionally take out someone like, but two K twenty much worse. Like uh, you go, you can have a glitchy game, then you can have an unfinished game. Like you can have, um, you can have Saints Row two, or you can have Ride to Hell Retribution. It's that it's that mm. difference. Yeah. So um, with that, that's that's the difference that Ukes made. So Ukes being signed by AEW is, in my opinion, just as important. And this is this is just me having a take. It might be stupid, whatever. But that is just as important from a marketing perspective as the acquisition of John Moxley. Yeah. Well, like we'll not go too much further into this because we are doing a video games episode in a couple of weeks' time. So I think we can all kind of get out then, but. Ukes was definitely a major call, uh, especially because they left because they wanted to make a new wrestling game, and they apparently said all we ever got from 2K was basically <clears throat> just do the same as you did last year, but put a few new bells and whistles on. So that I think I think the game they'll be making will be brilliant, as we'll get into in that in our video game episode. Um, but again, it's obviously going to depend on like how well that sells. Um, right, we'll we'll plow on. Um, so as we kind of touched upon before. Uh, AW kind of got off to good footing with the one offing, and they had like the first five star match. Um, given the company's only basically two years in at this point, it's had seven five star matches from old Dave Meltzer uh, and plenty of her matches like on a high rating. Um, I guess that doesn't sound too impressive to some people, but can you take a guess about how many uh five star matches WWE has had given that? The Observant Wrestling Observer Newsletter started publication in 1982, and WWE's been around all through then. How many five-star matches do you think they've had? I'm trying to think if I can list them. So, them the, 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 how many have WWE figure. had? Yeah, how many, how many do you think WWE have had? All, all time. WWF as well? Yeah, so this includes WWF. So it basically... WWF? No, so the, the newsletter started in 1982, so there would have been WWF, and then it's obviously gone from 82 to now with Meltzer given five-star ratings. How many do you think WWF, WWE have had in, what's that, like nearly 40 years? Yeah, 40 I think, years. I think it's something like 21. Scott? I, th- I think it's less. I think it's less. Are we, we're including NXT here. Yeah, I, I think I've included them as well. Uh, actually, I might not have included NXT. Okay, I, I didn't include NXT, but this is just WWE because oh, okay. it separates uh, them then, as well. Then less. Uh, uh, like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna I say about eleven. Like, I think there's much. I think there's less than that. I think it's single figures. I think. Oh, I think sorry. 
Sorry, no, my mistake, no, because um, I basically had added them together, you know. So the WWE, WF ones includes NXT. It's just a 21. Uh, <laughs> 21. Uh, I'm going to say uh, 12. Oh, you are so close. 13. So, oh, God damn it! NXT. Like, I'm sorry, it? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Scott, doesn't count. We're both wrong. No, no one gets oh. the points, fuck you. <laughs> So AEW has already <laughs> basically got like like is already on the way to beating them within two years. I mean, like chance are they're gonna within a couple of years they'll be. I mean, this this is like the table for uh basically the company with the most five star. I mean, New Japan's basically winning. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like look, like they're fifth with they're already tied with what once WCW had. They're probably easily gonna trounce WWE. So that kind of speaks volumes for kind of uh, the match quality they put on. If you're someone who is like obsessed with star ratings, I mean, it's all subjective, isn't it? Like mm. one thing that melts a hate another person could love because he is very, he knows what he likes. Let's put it that way. Uh, but to kind of run and through the ones, is Will Osprey. Yeah, Will Osprey, Okada, <laughs> Omega. Um, but yeah, the matches so far that have won that uh, the five stars have obviously been Cody and Dustin from Double or Nothing, uh, the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks from All Out 2019, Omega and Page versus the Young Bucks from Revolution 2020, Best Friends versus Santana and Ortiz, which is the Street Fight from Dynamite, uh, the Young Bucks versus FTR from Full Gear 2020, uh, Omega versus Phoenix from New Year's Smash Night One 2021, and the most recent one was Death Triangle versus the Young Bucks from an episode of Dynamite, which was only. Maybe a month or two ago. That was very recent. So it was a very good match too. It was a yeah. very good match, deserving, in my opinion. Yeah. The five so stars. yeah, it just kind of speaks volumes that they really are invested in the sort of brilliant match quality. Like, I mean, like it's the thing, the, like because the, the WWE side of things, it's surprising because like things like Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania didn't get five stars. And again, it's all subjective, isn't it? Like. One person's five star could be a person's negative five. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you think like AEW have made that number in two years, right? Mm -hmm. They're like nearly think, past halfway to get yeah. catching up with WWE. When you think of think it like of this. that as a steady correlation. Imagine <coughs> if that doubles in four, or if that doubles in eight, or if that doubles in sixteen. Uh, God knows how long the planet takes to burn into a ball of ash and float away into the ether but <laughs> let's let's say hypothetically that AEW gets just as many five star matches in the meantime like they're on they're on the right track they have got the they've got the uh the trajectory to even begin catching up with uh Japan I'd say they they're making like I mean, just as many five star matches a year if you look at the numbers yeah i mean look, look at that so Basically, there's like it gets to fourth place, which is WWF, and then there's a little bit of a jump for All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling, which I don't think runs anymore. And then you've got All Japan, which basically got a lot of those figures from the '90s with the four pillars, and then New Japan because they've had the last the last decade score them score like stupid. I mean, that's where they got the the seven star rating and stuff. But I can easily see AEW if it has the longevity being a close being second. Like I don't see why they couldn't. They've already beat WWE in terms of the highest rated match because I think by that graphic, WWE had a, a, their highest rating ever as a 5.5, whilst AEW's highest ever is a 6. So yep, they've already they beat them in run respect. Uh, yep. And give it a give it literally one more year, they'll be on they'll be on the same. Yeah, 
they'll have smashed it. Unless unless NXT keep pulling out like great matches, which they will. Well, a lot of those a lot of those are NXT. They are. Yeah. I mean, we had we yeah. had a we had like a golden two years of NXT. We really yeah, we did. did. Um, well, let me let me check them. So I think basically. The thing with WWE, like there was there was such huge gaps. I think in ninety, the last five star they had was in ninety eight, which was against Shawn Michaels and Undertaker of Bad Blood. And then after that, the next five star they actually had under the WWE proper WWE brand was Punk and John Cena at Money in the Bank. And then following that, mm. it's all been basically NXT, like uh, Andrade versus Gargano, Gargano versus Champa, Mustache Mountain versus the Disputed Era, Tyler Bate versus Volta. So yeah, basically it's all under NXT. <laughs> Like, I don't think there's been any WWE match from the main roster in the last, since Money in the Bank, that have got the five star. No. Wow. Yeah. Well over, like, nearly 10 years. So, yeah. Um, sort your shit out, WWE. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> so, moving on, so we've talked about quite a lot of things that we've uh, sort of liked about the promotion, going on quite a bit. Uh, we're going to kind of use this as a bit of kind of the open forum bits because they can kind of go hand in hand. So we'll kind of talk about what are the things I guess you sort of dislike or you'd like to see improved, and that kind of ties into what you would like to see from the company going into the future. So one of the things I want to bring on, like I was kind of struggling a bit because there's not a lot I can complain about. I love it stuff that they just need to tighten up. Like I think the production-wise, the the getting there. There's just a lot of roughness around the edges. Like, I don't know about you guys, so I was shot on fight. The amount of times it'll be like, the inner actress will be perfect, and it'll cut to Alex Marvez in the back, and the audio sounds like utter crap. Like, it's more coming through the arena rather than through the TV production. Have you, you have you experienced that before? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, it's like things like that. They just need to sort that out, and it'll be fine. And then it's just that stuff. Like, I think watching Dynamite a few weeks ago, it cut to a filmed promo of uh, Moxley and Kingston really getting into it. And then after a few seconds, it cut to an ad break only to then reshow the thing properly after the ad break. So it's just little things like that could really sort of help make the product a lot more smoother, I suppose you could say. A lot of the things that are wrong with AEW right now feel like teething problems. They feel like things that a young company is learning about production on the way. Uh, and it and it's 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 interesting to see AEW as like a very ambitious kid that's doing very a very ambitious kid that's doing very very well for themselves, <clears throat> because a, a lot of other examples could be two matches that could very well have been on our list of favorite matches ever ever, but we only really remember them for the finish. You know the um, the exploding ring death match. Uh, yeah. Which was just in the end of the day was just faulty, mm-hmm. uh, and and um, the Chris Jericho fall in blood and guts, which at the end of the day could have been fixed with just cutting away yeah, from some, yeah camera angles and editing. That's all they needed to do. And it was well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what they did with uh, Dominic and Reigns when he threw him over. They just didn't show the hit on the ground, and then people seemed to think it was fine. Um, I don't. I'm, I'll be devil's advocate, and I don't know how long you get to have someone teething before the, the teeth have to grow through. Mm. Um, so I, no, I don't know you. how long we let them off for bad audio. Uh, then See, again, with... you know WWE still do make those mistakes. But... Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'm with you, Garrett. Like, I mean, it's not like it's just the odd time. Like, the audio issues kind of been a consistent thing for I can remember. Like, it, it never felt like it was that much of a thing when they had audience, but especially when COVID came around and they were doing like these isolated shows. I don't know why. It's just the production side of it. Things like the audio was just pretty crap. And I think you're right. Like, you can only let them go for so long. But it's like when it happens week after week, it's like, come on. I know you've probably got a lot of people there learning about producing like a live show like this, but come on, you must be able to sort out at least this one little issue if you want to rival live wrestling like WWE does. Because they've basically, more or less, for as much as you can fault WWE for, it, they've had so much experience with it that it is pretty much a perfect production they've got. It's like, surely you can like learn from that. And you've got people who've worked behind the scenes there that could fix this for you. Yeah, I mean... They care. I know that they do care. Yeah, about yeah. It. Um, I think this is also something that they fix with Dark, and they they they'll fix with Rampage. Hopefully, uh, the more they do it, the more well oiled I expect it to be. Um, Tony Khan cares a lot about wrestling. He really he likes wrestling. Yeah, yeah. The, it's point, refreshing. It's refreshing to the point that my friends who support Fulham want him dead. Because uh, they what? they they would much prefer that he actually did something with Fulham. Apparently, I don't watch football other than the Euros and the World Cup, <laughs> so I can't really say. But I'm glad I, I, he cares about AEW probably more than Fulham. I yeah. think that that's a. Uh, uh, I'm only gonna for two sentences. I'm gonna very 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 briefly make this about football, but. Okay, Southampton's owners are shite and never give us money. Football's uh, Fulham's owners, however, give them money for actual signings in comparison to us. We are a selling club. They are a buying club. There is a difference. They should be less picky because, yeah, at the end of the day, at least Fulham are buying players and not just selling them. There we go. Sorry about that. Didn't uh, they get we'll relegated? They, they did, but it, it, for the most part, it wasn't really their <laughs> fault. <laughs> I don't know football, so I don't know shit. All I yeah. know is that the foot is coming home, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were at least better than two other clubs this season, so all as well. Um, but yeah, uh, anyway, so that, like, it obviously seems like um, that's more, Fulham is more of like Tony's dad's venture than his own. So I didn't think um, Tony Khan or I thought it was his dad who owned Fulham. Yeah, and the Jaguars. Apparently, yeah. apparently the Jaguars fans aren't fans of the Khans either, from what I hear. Uh, well, apparently, um, terribly, apparently, the Jaguars are very bad. <laughs> well, I mean, when I was when I was getting notes from research, the whoever wrote the Wikipedia articles to take with a pinch of salt described Tony Khan as entrepreneur, football executive, and longtime wrestling fan. So maybe he's owns or is heavily involved with both the clubs. I don't know. Well, the the Daily's place is uh, the pimple on the side of the Jaguar Stadium, is it not? Mm, true. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very true. Uh, I mean, the they'll run that stadium one day. So, uh, I'm again speaking of they're, they're running... Uh, are you are you going to move on to the them running in New York? Well, I mean that was this is kind of the end of my point, so just bring up whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, well, they they I forget the name of the stadium, but it's like how many is it? Like thirty 
Both one in less New than York. that. I twenty. Do some checking. Yeah. I remember somebody posting, posting like, you know, I don't, that would be a lot of seats to fill, to which Cody replied, you know, somebody told me that before. Um, I mean, fair. Yeah. Um, uh, so, according to this article, <coughs> even though the challenge AEW faces is immense, getting the hopeful 16,500 to 19,000 fans in the stands, selling this arena out isn't going to be an easy thing to accomplish. So, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that difficult. No, I don't think it's going to be hard either. I think no. they, they what... sold out, uh, what, 11,000 in, in 30 minutes. Well, the uh, MGM grind for. Double or nothing's pretty big, right? Let me try and check the vote. If they, if they can one. sell out, if they can sell out eleven thousand in thirty minutes for a show that they're not even on TV at the time, they can sell this out pretty fucking easily. Um, people, people have been scathing over watching AEW live throughout this entire pandemic. They are going to sell out. I, I can almost guarantee that. I, you know what? I would put it in like within five hours. We will bet our fifty-eight dollars worth of energy. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's we probably will, we gone will, down. It's we probably gone down. Remember, uh, fifty-seven. <laughs> it's fifty-seven. We will bet our. We will, <laughs> we will bet our rapidly declining value <laughs> in MGF coin that this show will sell out. Remember. <laughs> 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 um so yeah uh mgm grand according to what final line is a seventeen thousand seat arena uh but for double or nothing they only had eleven thousand in attendance apparently so it's still i with you though i still think it's doable especially because we've just come out america and uk have just come out of the lockdown live wrestling is coming back it's going to be one of their first shows there's going to be people just itching to get to a live wrestling show and this is like one of the perfect things it's a big big thing they're running new york which was wwe's home territory for decades so i think it's going to draw a lot of publicity and it's going to get a lot of asses in seats especially if they put on a good card as well yeah is that going to be broadcast for dynamite or is it just a random i think it's a dynamite Hmm. i'm also going to put another bet on the (laughs) table uh I think the ticket site will crash because of uh, uh, increased traffic, and they will sell out within like half an hour. That's uh, half I an think. hour seems much. Uh, uh, maybe first day for me, but we'll see. We shall see. Mm. Um, you know what? Anything else you want to bring up, lads? About like, like what? What do you kind of want to see from the company moving forward in terms of like its future? Do you, do you see it growing beyond where it is now? Do you see it faltering? Like, what are your kind of predictions? Uh, bear with me. Okay. They have the potential to be the Fortnite of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Now, bear okay. with me. Yeah. Okay. Bear with yeah. me. <laughs> Currently, Fortnite <Yeah>. has... <laughs> Uh, has Keep crossed over Marvel, DC, Halo, <laughs> uh, fucking uh-huh. name a name an IP. It's in there. John Wick is in there. Kratos, shooting fucking... Kratos, Kratos, and John Wick are out there shooting up uh, some fucking like default skin. 
and everyone loves that shit. And it's just like head over heels for that trash. Okay. Now, AEW has the potential and the working relationships and things there to create the the Marvel Cinematic Fortnite universe of wrestling. <laughs> imagine, imagine like Kenny going back to the G1 or uh, fucking, you know, like I mean, Kenny's already racking up belts from all these other promotions but just continuing all of this and having some kind of invasions here and there or feuds between stables between different promotions having somehow lij comes over chaos comes over having a bullet club uh uh god well it wouldn't be civil war at this point i guess you could call it civil war too they do that in the comics it's captain marvel against iron man whatever um captain you could do bullet club against elite again you could do shit like that would be just wonderful uh other than that i wanted them to do more with the women's division and they're doing it and they even had like one of the best ep- like sh- uh matches at the last pay-per-view it was on the pre-show and it was serena deeb against uh was it Riho? Riho, yeah and it was f- so fucking good that i forgot it was the pre-show i was just like this is amazing this is a really good fucking match and then, you know, Britt Baker and, and Sheeta had a great match, and Britt Baker is just on fire and great. And they've got a lot of other women just on the up and up, and it's wonderful. It's lovely. You made a Fortnite AEW analogy work, and uh, you know what? That gains my utmost respect. What if I did a Fortnite dance instead? Uh, you'd lose all the gain respect you just got. Is it gonna uh, floss? Uh, and, it's gonna floss. And it's, and it's hard. It's hard to earn back, Garrett. <laughs> it's hard to earn back. <laughs> You've tarnished the name you just made for yourself. <laughs> I'm a heel. I own MJF coin. I don't care. <laughs> I'm. I'm rich. You're not. Uh, what I would like to see from AEW. <laughs> is something I already think they're on the path to doing. I think the thing is with WWE is they have a jewel in their crown that will make them nearly immortal, and that is WrestleMania. You, yes. can, argue that, you can argue that Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and um, SummerSlam are three uh, uh, close to, if not equally big, pay-per-views, especially the Royal Rumble being it, uh, one of the most famous gimmick matches in wrestling, if not the most famous gimmick rap- match in wrestling uh to which i say yeah yeah fair enough but i think AEW need to turn um either like just one of their big four one of their four pay-per-views into their one big show a year i guess wcw had starcade um tna had i think it's slammiversary i'm, I'm yeah, very hazy. Yeah. But like, but like AEW, you could argue like, oh, all four shows are just the big shows, and I get that, I do. But what I want to see is, uh, what AEW have that WWE already have consistently is one show a year where they can just pack out an arena and make it a big celebration of wrestling, like. Because WrestleMania, even some of the bad ones, 
32, for instance, yeah. like I would revisit for the big stadium-wide pop Stone Cold got for, for when he came out and stunned the League of Nations. Oh, God, the League of Nations. Stunned the League of Nations and Xavier Woods. Like... It, it, stuff like that there is spectacle to wrestling that uh you don't get with other things you just don't you don't get so, like football has some spectacle but i'll tell you what football isn't football isn't fucking scripted and it needs to be i'd love <laughs> i'd love i'd love for the manchester derby to be going on and it's like 10 minutes left of the half and then suddenly liverpool's music comes in and they all charge in score a goal on man city's behalf and fuck off that's what that's what football needs and i think any sport needs spectacle you know what football sport needs entertain though? what more floor Cheshire. performances <laughs> <laughs> Sean Paul <laughs> red light green light I'm ready to go but like um, but yeah no you're like you, you, like you can't beat a big crowd of let's say 50 odd thousand people cheering at something every every sport like and I mean every sport because the Olympics has a lot of stuff like every sport has that and I think AEW yeah. AEW's already literally seventy five percent of the way there with the stories. Yeah, just the just like the, come back to me in another two years' time, and this will be a reality. I'm just impatient, <laughs> uh, uh, and and I I would love to see a Kenny Omega entrance in a giant American stadium with uh who knows what. But AEW has already proved that they can do spectacle on a small, small scale, which is what's making me hopeful that this is guaranteed to happen. I just want to see it on a large scale. I want to see AEW succeed, and I want to do. I want. I want WWE to shit their pants because of it and start improving their game, so we get better wrestling all round. That's what I'd love. Here, here. I, I think you're right. I think. Like, because don't get me wrong, AEW's pay-per-views are brilliant. Like, there's nothing a bad pay-per-view yet, in my opinion. There's been somewhere the odd thing, and it was a bit like, eh. But um, I think you're right. I think I think the pro- that even though they've got the four established, that they need one that does stand out as their marquee show, like WrestleMania. And that's obviously quite a hard thing to build. I think Cody, at the time when the first Revolution came around, he said he wanted Revolution to be like their mania. I believe he said in an interview, and I mean. It's not really happened yet. They're still mm. trying to sort of establish it. So I think you're right. I think ultimately all I want is just for them to succeed. I don't want it to be another case of they burn bright and fast and then it's just WWE is the only show in town again because that's the problem WWE's had. The fact that Vince, even Vince knows this, and he basically separated Raw and SmackDown back in the day because he needed competition. And now he's just gotten too comfortable. And now that there is finally competition, you're right. Hopefully that's going to make all wrestling overall exciting again it's going to hopefully light a fire under WWE's but to do something new and something different but yeah ultimately I just want them to see them succeed and go to strength to strength and be that like other big wrestling company I don't I don't want to see them just disappear and burn out quickly mm, mm. Mm. right uh anything else you want to mention there chaps anything you want to throw out there I think we've done quite well yeah Stop. Um, 
Uh, I'm I'm just saying, uh, listen to uh, matches you need to see by Greg, where he goes into Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's pretty uh, good. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Thank good. You. Thank you. I didn't tell him to do that. I'm all embarrassed now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to go check that out, because we are trying to expand that further, so now it's not only a YouTube exclusive and web content. It's now audio so you can go listen to it uh, I've, I've had a lot of fun doing it hopefully we can get some more out soon uh but if you want to check out i'll put a link in the description as well uh but yeah if you want to check us out on all the social media bear Hill club podcast on facebook and youtube bear Hill club pod on instagram and bear Hill club on twitter and of course you can find everything we're up to via the website which is bearhugpod.wixsite.com forward slash clouds next week it's the return of survival of the quizzes chapter five virtual pro mercy revenge with <coughs> not gonna lie I think we're going to peak with our um, cover artwork, so stay tuned for that. But Speaking of things coming home. Oh. <laughs> and on that note, we'll leave it there. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Mwah. Mwah, bye-bye.